show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer episode 87. It's me, Russ the Face. I'm joined by the full Facehammer crew for yet another episode of the Facehammer podcast. Um, so I hope everyone's doing well today. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. And we've uh we've basically want just want to touch on that this will be a youtube video you might be watching it on youtube but then that <laughs> makes no sense uh no. but also <laughs> um, we did release the last show on youtube uh unfortunately we had some audio issues so the quality should be better on this um despite les's best efforts he couldn't rescue my derpiness in how i recorded it so uh third oh, it time lucky. Yeah, I'm polishing it through. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was just to touch up our faces. So, you know, yeah. let, <laughs> which is this is 90% of the battle. Um, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, we're going to talk today. Um, we're going to do a little bit of an introduction, but before then we're getting into the main show. And the main show will be we've each taken a Grand Alliance and we've written a list under the new GHB 2020 points with the FAQs in mind that have just dropped um, for a match play event that would be running the standard pack out the back of the book. Uh, but before we get into that, we just want to say that um, we have talked about Facehammer GT uh, and our plans this year. And what we'd like to do is um, run a online event um, and we'll, we will release more details soon. But essentially, we're going to run the Facehammer painting competition that we run at the event and also the army painting competition, but extend it worldwide and not have an entry. Yes, we're going to doubt. Worldwide. Is that in step? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. worldwide. Facehammer worldwide. Um, So we're going to. We're going to do that, and um, we, there'll be free entry. Um, we'll, we'll have some more announcements on how to enter and what to do uh, coming soon. But the Should plan cool. is to do something online and have a kind of hangout and chat and paint and hobby uh, marathon, and perhaps with some content in there and listener questions, uh, yeah. probably via Discord, but we haven't decided yet decided yeah if anyone's doing anything pre-prep wise though we should probably decide a hashtag now so like hashtag fhgt worldwide <laughs> worldwide <laughs> yeah fhgt worldwide yeah do that yeah. like yeah we've just decided yeah. it's fine so and yeah, also we'll do that. send send all your stepbrother gifts to terry the finale of the night is going to be les's uh les's video recording of his own version of i'm on a boat which is yeah, going to be amazing. No, it's boats we and hose. We... <laughs> but... Let's not do that. <laughs> Don't Give prizes to people who dress up like Will Farrell. And, um... This is going too far now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to be edited out now. It's fine. I know, it's just making more work um, for myself. Exactly. Welcome <laughs> yeah. to my world. Um, so Facehammer GT Worldwide, I like that, that's good, uh, 2020, Worldwide. Yeah. will be... Um, will we'll announce more information soon we've also got some videos from last year and we've got some great pictures that avarice took 
Um, so we're going to put those videos up finally. Uh, that's my fault. And then, <laughs> and then um, also probably do a show where we talk through the painting competition uh, entrance that, that podiumed and, and finalised on this one and won awards just so people get an idea of how our thought processes and stuff because we would judge the competition like we would do at the event basically um so we'll give you more details uh we'll probably put some guidance on taking photos and and trying to make sure that you know we don't want to get like billions of pictures so don't start sending stuff in now we will tell you how to submit um and there'll be a limit on the number of photos you can send so you'd have to you know it'll be like one or two shots of the model um in a certain format and we'll put a little guide up on like our advice on taking photos um anyway good guides out there aren't there if you look yeah there there is we'll probably just link to one because we're lazy there's two that i can think of that i go to as my go-to like you know my reference point every time when i take photos still can't manage to take a good photo but those guides are really good i think it's just me (laughs) so and we had the um the faqs dropped yesterday um yeah so it was interesting to get the popcorn out and look at some of the the twitter social media like i just didn't go on social media yesterday because i was just like it's going to be a lot of people who are passionate about certain things in their armies talking vehemently online about a thing that matters massively to them and who wants that i mean why don't we tune into people who wants to spend time listening to people talk about their opinions i know it's, it's one of those where, <laughs> yeah it's like um but yeah i think like sometimes it's, it's how you go about the, these sorts of things i think the the twitterverse uh, from what i can tell wasn't as bad as i was expecting um, no i didn't but, see a lot i mean there's a lot yeah. of sort of i think I a think, lot of it is tongue-in-cheek anyway like people yeah. almost play up to it so a lot of the points go up and down in a way that barely changes a list as well like it's a kind of a redistribution so for example the army that i'll talk about later in the show loads of things went up by 10 points loads of things went down by 10 points and the net result is 10 points different over like yeah. rather than yeah. 1980 it's 1990 or something so it generally only really affects an army if you've taken one thing lots of times and that so thing's you know been adjusted yeah. yeah yeah but to be honest the the points aren't there to be a, a sledgehammer it's meant to be like a subtle touch you know yes you don't um, want to invalidate anything do you like you know i think if no. you spend a lot of money and time and errors painting an army and then the points swave Change by like a third or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're just going to upset people. So I think like a gentle touch is quite quite good with the points, regardless of whether the wider reaching community thinks that or not. Um, you know, I th- still think it's probably the best way of approaching it. Yeah, and um, so we'll 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 put some details out about um that on a YouTube show. So we're going to do a little show after this that will just be on YouTube, which will talk about the FAQs, the changes, and what we think will affect um the biggest sort of effects of that so we would just have a little bit of a chat about it uh, as an after show so we're not going to cover too much of that here um so finally we just want to say to people that you know we we do have some merchandise which we haven't really plugged for ages really pretty um, dice. Uh, yeah we do have some dice but we also have these like really pretty paint racks which have got the face hammer logo on but they we're basically all sat here surrounded by these like they're, they're all they behind you can get them for Vallejo uh, and there's some drawers and stuff. I, I use them all across the top of my desk, so I've got yeah. like I've got oh, like amazing 12 yeah. of them, but they're 
yeah, they're pretty good. So um, I'd say if you if you want to support us and you need a paint storage solution, you can uh, go from our website, click on the merchandise, or go to Element Games and just type in Face Hammer, and it will take you to a listing of all the stuff that we've got. We've got some dice still, so we've got some uh, different colours. I think we've got the white, the white and teal, <clears throat> the teal and steel, um, yeah. blue, purple, and gold. Yeah, uh, dice lovely. as well. They're all I really like nice. Teal and, so, teal and steel. <laughs> yeah, they're good. So it's a nice mix to have those and the the white, the white and teal ones. So they make a quite a nice yeah. set. If you all snap but, a yeah. picture of our desks, we could also show people exactly how we've laid out the paint racks because there's a lot of choice, right? You can store spray cans or not. You can put in GW paints. You can put in Vallejo paints. You can get from more drawers. You can put in as actual mm-hmm. toppers now. So you can have a flat shelf on top for like things you're working on or all my glue and stuff that doesn't fit as across the top. I think that's all of our introductions and start of the show stuff done. Um, so what we'll, so we'll, we'll get into the main show now and talk about the uh, the list that we've come up with from the GHB 2020 for each allegiance. So uh, I thought I would uh, try and write a death list um, as that's my bag. And I actually um, pre-case this with struggling quite a lot actually to write a list um i looked at the obr changes and i was trying to write an obr list but i just ended up back where i started with my catacross list and i just thought that's going to be really boring if i say my list is exactly the same as what it was before Uh, and all of the elite units that went down i didn't take them because they're not mortec guard or catacross um so i thought i won't do that then i looked at nighthorn um and flesh eaters and flesh eaters i think you can write some decent lists uh around the royal mordant formation uh and crypt horrors have changed but i don't think i, I could do a distribution of their, of their points i think it's it's made things much more logical now you're not pushed in one direction as much yeah i still don't think they've had enough reductions and i think the terror geist and zombie dragons are too pricey now especially with the artifact changes and the changes to unholy vitality and things like that so i think they're just over costed they're over like 400 points and you look at some of the greater demons in chaos and they're they're not even close to that um and i just for me i looked at it and go they're just not as good i then went straight into legion and i was trying to write a legion list and i actually was looking at soul blight quite heavily but i just realized that blood knights are just a bad version of cavalos death riders so i just thought if i was going to write a cavalry army i'm not going to take soul blight and although yeah. they've got some interesting artifacts and the there's their formation in there which is the uh castance of the blood keep which is quite good um and you could give them all plus two move and fly so i think you can write a decent soul bite list but i just didn't have the points i just found that it was like two vampires and like 15 blood knights and some vargice yeah. and that was it and one just... of the difficulties of writing a soul bite list with blood knights in it at least is if you run them in legion of blood with neferata all of them get one more attack which is a big deal obviously flying in plus two move is a big deal but if you run them with neferata everyone having four attacks instead of three on the charge that's that's absolutely huge um yeah then you've got a, you, i then I did exactly what you just said. I basically started thinking it's better to run blood with blood knights. Um, I think the biggest thing, not getting the move and the fly is pretty big. But essentially, I just I ended up with a rather unusual list, which I'm going to put up now, um, awesome. which is Legion of the Night. Um, so here is my army list. Um, it is basically um, Manfred, uh, and he's the general, because he has to be. Uh, I've given him pinions as his spell. I'll talk about that in a bit. 
Um, then I've got um, a White King uh, with the Shard of Night artifact. Uh, and yeah. what that does is minus one to hit from shooting. A Necromancer with Morbideg's Claw, which he is basically allows him to not move and it or fight, which you're not good anyway. <laughs> and he gets plus every wizard within 12 gets plus two to cast. What so it allows you to push through Van Hell's um, or pinions if you really need to. Um, and he's also got overwhelming dread. I, I think, in retrospect, because he's only get one spell and you're probably always going to be casting Van Hell's, you probably want to put overwhelming dread on Manfred, but it does shut down your alpha strike a little bit. I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, then 40 skeleton warriors with spears, uh, 40 skeleton warriors with, I've got blades, but you could have blades or spears, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then 10 skeletons and two units of six Vargeists, and they are in the formation, the Nightfall Pact. Now, the Nightfall Pact is the entire army except for the two characters, the White King and the Necromancer. That's a it, weird formation, isn't it? What a cool it is a weird formation, but what it does is it makes your army a free drop. Now, there is a variant yeah. of this where you reduce one Vargeist unit to free, drop the White King and the Necromancer, and take a, um, another Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, and it's a two-drop army. But um, I'll talk about why I didn't go that route in a sec. But essentially, what you do is you take, you've got, with Legion of Night gives you a couple of things. The one, it means all death rattle units that are in your territory are plus one save. It allows you, before the game starts, to take three units and put them in reserve. And then they can come on from the board edge at the end of your movement phase, nine away within six of a board edge. So it allows you to protect Manfred and the two units of Vargeist or use them aggressively whilst yeah. you still put 90 models on the table that have plus one armor save, that they're within range of the White King, so you can use a command ability that can plus one attack. They're within range of a death hero, so they get um, they get another bonus. I think it's an extra attack as well. And then they get two uh, extra attacks for, for numbers. It might be real to hit, actually. I, I don't know. They get some bonus for a hero being nearby, which escapes me. But basically, they, they get buffed by the heroes. And obviously, the Necromancer commit the pile and attack twice. But, you know, Skeletons going from a five-up save against no rend or no save against rend to a four-up save or a, you know, or a, a six-up means them a lot more survivable. And also, the Necromancer and White King can return models with the Deathless Invocation. Um, and then you've also got the Grave Sites as well. So you can you could even put 40 Skeletons for using the Legion of Night ability into um into like the, the night with and keep Manfred on the table because the you come on at the end of the movement phase so you wouldn't get to use the hero phase of Manfred and Manfred gets an aura which allows him all deaf units within fifteen to re-roll ones to hit and to wound. So essentially you've got a massive blob of bodies which can sit at objectives that are battle line can actually bully people off because they're quite aggressive, but you've also got this aggressive element of Manfred and the two Vargeis. Now, what the formation does, it does two things. One, it allows you to re-roll um, the Deathly Invocation from Manfred, which you know, only affects the skeletons. is not a big deal. The other thing is that it allows the Vargeis to get plus one attack on the charge. So they're already freeze and freeze damage too, um, you know, and they're quite fast. Uh, so you basically charge them in, and then if they're within range of Manfred, they're getting reroll ones to hit and reroll ones to wound. So they're pretty effective, and they are rend with damage too. 
they are a bit fragile and you can't heal them, but you can keep them off the table. So if you play somebody who's going to alpha strike you, then you can essentially set them off the table and be like, well, you can alpha strike my 90 skeletons with the the, the, uh, death saves from the necromancer and the white king in the middle of them. And you can't touch Manfred and you can't touch the Vargas because they're not on the table. And then also because the Manfred can come on at the end of the movement phase, if they wipe out a unit of skeletons, you can put him on the end of the movement phase within a grave marker and then put the 40 skeletons back on. Unless you put your grave markers in probably weird places, doesn't it? Because you don't have to be able to reach there with your vanilla move. You can pop up from a board edge and then be be like Mm -hmm. raising something behind someone or wherever. Well, that's thing as well you could actually set them up from the grave marker um from using the ability i think that's end of move as well i'd have to double check it i know it's been faq'd a lot and it's been a while since i've played legion but um essentially it's an army that has it can deploy on the table it's got some speed so you can use pinions on manfred i mean he's movement 16 he'll go up to movement 21 he's a little bit fragile but you don't really want to launch him into something. But if you wanted to get to an objective late game that's got a small unit on, it just gives you that extra because you could eventually be movement 26 if you rolled high enough. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you're quite low drop as well, so that'll protect you yeah, against mega strikes and stuff, aren't you? So. Yeah, and it's got an alpha strike of its own because you can, depending on how they've deployed, you might better come on from the board edge and, and go for some big charges early on. Uh, then what? your skeletons can blob onto the objective. So while they're fighting your vampire vargeist and stuff that's all like blobbing around the board they actually i mean you could keep them off the table for the first turn anyway just move the skeletons onto yeah. objectives and, yeah, and absorb the not, double turn you're not restricted to dropping them in any particular turn are you they can just no. come on as long as there's space period and manfred doesn't really need to be on the table so you can keep them off the table and say well have your double turn at me i'll go i'll go i'll go you know i'll go first or whatever you have your double turn and then I'll bring them on then, and then I'll have my double turn, but with, with all the vampires flapping in your face. What does the skeleton banner do again? Don't they have a slightly more reliable charge? or uh, It means they charge... Sit- uh, no, I think it's that, or it's minus one bravery. I think that might be the musician. But uh, okay. I, can't remember. I think the banners depends on the unit. So like, I think the like the Blood Knights have it that you, you guarantee a six. Yeah, something. I think skeletons might have that too. I think uh, they do, yeah. But, yeah. Um, um, you definitely go with spears for the skeletons, wouldn't you? Especially with the potential of Van Hells. And uh, stuff. They're not as reliable hitting, but yeah, generally, I think, because the depth. But you can go out in a big long line and still be, they've got a one inch reach, so you could be too deep. So, mm-hmm. um, look cool on the table as well. It'd look like an actual nice army as opposed oh, to cool. Ma- Ma- Manfred and his 15 dogs for a battle <laughs> line and then the rest <laughs> of the stuff, you know. So, like, it actually looks like a, a shambling undead horde, I would imagine. Yeah, and I, I wanted to. I, I sort of I tried to write a list that had two elements, so a hammer and anvil, a bit yeah. like classic Warhammer. And then I also wanted to play into the ascetic of death of having the using the things that Legion of Night benefited. Um, and I think the skeletons getting plus one armor in their own territory is is massive. Um, and you know, you get an extra because I got a formation. I get to have the two artifacts. Making sure you can push Van Hels through is massive in the right turn, um, and then you've also got the the ability of the um, the White King's got a command ability that gives them plus one attack as well. So I Van think Hel- you could get skeletons with four attacks in if there's thirty of them or more, and you can oh, get them on 
freeze to hit, re-rolling ones, and then I think it's force to wound, re-rolling ones. So it's just a lot of dice. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Um, Van House is until your next hero phase, isn't it? Or is it in the it's next the next combat, combat phase? So oh, okay. you, it's yeah, it's it's offensive really than anything else. But to be fair, you've still got he's still got overwhelming dread. I might that's the only change I'd probably make is change that up, and maybe you want to give Manfred a heal. Maybe you want to give him like a more wound output. There's there's loads of little stuff you could tweak around the edges. You could you could put the White King on a horse, which you probably would. You could you might drop the Necromancer and the White King and then put in um like a Coven Throne. So there's lots of little changes you can make. But I think the fact that the White King and the Necromancer make the skeletons infinitely better, and you need more heroes because I think you need at least three in the, yeah. especially in the new missions. So I think this list is is really good again in most missions. Um, where it's going to struggle is when it needs like Manfred to go out and like boss an objective and hold it. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna struggle in those kind of missions. But then if you manage to get a unit of skeletons with a necromancer in the middle still on an objective, you're never getting them off. Yeah, that's so what I was thinking. Like, it's just you, as you effective, wrap, really. Because yeah. you've got to bubble wrap on those hero missions. So and with grave sites, you can do stuff. Like you, you don't have to rely on the infantry moving into position. You can yeah. run the hero up the table, and, and then you can use the grave site to deploy the unit that you set up in the graves, and they just basically bubble wrap around that objective. So you can, and because you're low drop, you can play for that. You can just go, well, I'm going to guarantee the board's position. So I think it's a really strong yeah. scenario army because I don't think there's much stuff. I mean, you could smash forty skeletons off, but then you're going to have the command ability to bring them back on. If as long yeah. as you set Manfred up in a grave sites in a logical place, um, and I think you set them up for that kind of play rather than yeah. uh, healing, so yeah. it'd be an interesting really... army to play with. I think it'd be well, good uh, in like, hero missions, like three places and stuff, wouldn't it? Because you just if you like, drop your opponent, get Manfred directly onto one of the objectives, and then have the grave site nearby and bubble wrap him with the mm-hmm. the skellers there. Um, you've got the movement then, especially in the new the way the new missions are set up how far apart those objectives are for like foot slogging heroes it means that you can get one of those objectives early doors and then work on getting the next one well the that's why the white great. king would be on a horse because it makes him he makes him movement 10 or 12 so you, yeah. you'd put him on a horse every day it doesn't cost any more points um and he's got a free up armor save so he's but he's death rattle as well so he's got a two up save in your territory pretty okay. good first turn isn't it it's not bad is it <laughs> no. uh, and also he's minus one to hit from shooting um so he's a little bit vulnerable but i think mortal wounds is the problem if you play anything that could do mortals to him um but that that was the list and i thought the var the var guy snake a nice strike unit you might after play decide that they don't do enough and they're not really good and then you drop the formation you drop the var guys but the army becomes a very different animal but yeah. i was just trying to write a death list that that could compete in the missions um <clears throat> but yeah but i've yeah. Good. Your Vargeists, um, they benefit from Van Hells, don't they? You can cast it on any unit. No, I don't think so. Because okay. they're not, they're, they're, there's certain types of units you can cast it on. I don't think they're one of them. So. Ah, okay. So I was going to say you could run them as. going to say you could run them as a nine to benefit better from that, but two sixes makes loads of sense then in that case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could run a nine and a three if you wanted to, because that might change your mind about what you put off the table. Yeah. Um Because the Legion of Night, you could set up forty skellies. You know the ten skellies and the the six, you know, one unit of Vargais and put the nine on the table. Put three off and then put nine on. 
behind a wall of skellies with both characters and Manfred and have that deployed and have the other stuff as your second wave. Yeah. Um, but I quite like... really annoying. It almost turns it into a little bit of a flesh eaters army with the way you get <laughs> things coming on from the edges. It's very yeah. weird. Um, I quite like it. I, I don't know. For me, it seems like it's uh, it would be interesting to play with. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the most effective death army, but it would be fun. So, and it would look great. Les is right. That's you've got your big boy, uh, medium fleshy things, and then loads of dead things with spears. Your wound counts crazy as well. You're on more than 150 <sighs> wounds. Right, yeah, it's 159. Wounds. Yeah, average wounds is like 110, and yours come back, and some of them have got boosted saves and whatever. Yeah, you'd have to. Um, one of the things I would kind of hate is rolling all the dice for the skeletons and casually remove and all that. But hopefully, it, it grinds your opponent into boredom, so you can just concede. <laughs> Start making mistakes because uh, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Well, that's why I've got the other element to it because I think yeah. you need to have something that can do damage and can go out and get objectives and kill stuff. And it, it might be the fact in... that you tar pit with the skellies, and then you yeah. you come on with the vampires and you sweep across the the board. I think it's it plays into the IP, doesn't it? Because like you've got mm-hmm. your skeletons holding stuff, and then the rest of it, like they're not the heavy hitters; they're the guys that pin the units. Or no, so... they, you will die to to them if you get into a drawn out battle because the amount of sheer amount of damage. And they just they don't. Die. It's a battle of attrition, right? That's the always the things with units that come back. If you've got your five liberators going into. 20 skeletons and they kill seven and then three come back and it it, it really makes a big yeah. difference i think it plays to your strength for us because you've got uh if people know what they're doing you've got the threat of all the attacks from the skeletons as well as fast moving flexible stuff with drops but if people don't know so much what they're doing they're probably going to think that the skeletons are resilient but don't hit hard and you can lure them into something and then hit them with 40 guys with spears twice that are hitting on twos and wounding on fours which is enough to wipe out most things in the game that don't have high arm yeah, no, yeah. it just it doesn't need the command points um, early game if you keep Manfred off the table, which allows you to stock up later on um, for the attack spell and um, Manfred's bubble. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I would take if I could just have it and don't have to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the um, that was the definition. Like, skeleton horde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. That's cool. <laughs> no, we like all know that. that's no, not no. true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's like when you're there scraping all the spears and sticking them all together, and you're like, I've done 90 of these. And then you play a game oh. of it, go, that wasn't very good. I should just take <laughs> <cut> across. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's an interesting death army if someone wants to give that a go. Um, yeah. We'll probably put a bundle up on Element if someone wants to have a go at um, buying that and giving it a go. And I think you can get the skellies and the Mortark in one box in a start collecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. we'll put a bundle up for that if you fancy giving that a go. And let, if you do, I'd be great to see your progress and hear how you get on with it um, and be happy to talk about tweaks and stuff. And then you can tell me I'm wrong and it's rubbish. Yeah, do uh, But no refunds. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on it. If you can change one thing, if you don't like the formation, um, if you've got suggestions as a way to improve it, then by all means let us know. And if you want to build one and paint one and send it to Russ, he won't say no either. I'm not going to do that. Unless you want to pay a stupid amount of money, uh, this is a um, this is a starting point. Um, you know, so this would be. I've yeah. not played any games. I'm not. So you might play two games and realize there's some simple changes to make, which make a big difference. But that will come down to your play style. But um, yeah. there's my general's handbook 2020 death list.
So um, I decided to do a Stormcast from my order list for the um, sort of like the General's Handbook 2020 uh, listing that Russ uh, challenged us with, essentially. Um, I wanted to do something that I knew, like if I was going to take it to a tournament, something that I actually knew inside out, really, uh, but also wanted to take advantage of the fact that the points have dropped on stuff. Um, Quite a lot so... of stuff in that book. Yeah, it's, I, I could. I mean, if I was looking back at the the standard what what we've always called the TM build, like essentially, I could take the TM build and I get 140 points wow. if I did that. So you know, it's quite quite a significant drop. Um, I wanted to change it up a little bit though, um, and so like I based it roughly on the 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 build that I was taking predominantly not last year like the year before the one that i came third at the heat with um so it's essentially it's, there's there's no storm host or anything like that and it's quite a high drop list um and also there's there's not really any sort of like uh, how armies have like a lot of command point structure like you know how they they need those command points for special abilities that really doesn't apply to this list because i've not the the general's the the starbreak and he's not got a command ability that affects anyone but himself essentially because it's reroll wounds for for the dragons um but yeah so the list is a uh well as you can see on the screen um it's a star drake with staunch defender and the mirror shield and keen clawed which is sort of like the standard kind of build that you'd get on a star drake so plus one arm save if he doesn't charge with an aura uh mirror shields uh you know minuses to shoot him and keen clawed is any sixes do run three on the dragon um i've got a castellan which is to buff the star drake again which Combos nicely with Staunch Defender if you've not seen it before. So Stardrake's a three plus rerolling ones. If he doesn't charge, he's a two plus rerolling ones. Uh, with the uh, with the and buff, he's a one plus rerolling ones. Now obviously you can't have a one plus because a one's always a fail, but it just mitigates like that rend. Um, the Heraldor for run and charge, and this is where it changed up a little bit um, for because normally I put a Relictor in. Um, in sort of like my old list and i thought well i'll put the knight vexler in because it allows you to once you've got run and charge with the heraldor uh, the vexler gives you a reroll charge ability which is really good um, which comes down to the unit type so we'll get to in a second um and i'll give him the pennant of the stormbringer which is essentially the teleport banner that we used to see back in the early days of age of sigmar everywhere um I went for a Nighting Cantor, um, just because he's such a utility piece as well with, um, you know, the auto dispel. Um, and he's also got some Mortal Wound output from when he smashes his vials in combat. Um, and, you know, get the Stormcast laws quite good. So I'll give him Stormclaw, which is kind of like a mini Reign of Stars, um, which is... also pretty survivable piece. as far as wizards go. Wow. Like for the points, yeah. that guy's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's why I've got the, the Dias Arcanum uh, as an endless spell, because... Um, one of the problems with this list is that it's not actually that manoeuvrable. Once it drops, or if it's on the table, you, you've not got much movement. Um, so with the Dias Arcanum, it, it basically the Encantor um, gets plus one armor save. So he's a two plus save wizard then, and he can fly, gives him like a disc. So it's kind of cool and gets, I believe it's an additional spell cast, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Standard battle line, two units of Judicators um, and a, a Liberator unit, just because Judicators going down are really good. Um, I know a lot of people out there don't rate them, um, but I've always found them consistency over the game. They they just do a really, really, really good job. Oh, mega. That yeah. range never changes, like 29-inch no. threat range, isn't 29 it? 29-inch threat range, yeah, all yeah, the time. Just, um, just amazing. It's, it's, I think you could definitely, considering the, the the damage threat that they've got compared to a unit of Liberators, I mean, I know you're paying um, you know, 50 points more, but... I, I do think that they, they're worth those 50 points over the course of the battle. One of the things I always used to do if I was in the mirror match with Stormcast was take out the, the, the Judicators early on 
because they're the things that chip away over the course of the game. Same as if when I was playing Sylvaneth, it would be like I'd take out the tree revenants because they're the things that win the Sylvaneth player of the game back back in the early days before the second book came out. Um, I've then gone sort of like a unit of 10 evocators. Um, I, I was toying with putting Gavriel, uh, Gavriel, the surcharge guy in the list, just to be able to make their charge more reliable. So they drop from the sky, you know, drop from the sky, non-inch charge, spend command points and, and increase that, you know, the ability to charge things plus three. Um, but I thought about it and I was just like, I actually think that even though that's probably a little bit more competitive, I wanted the evocators in this because I see them performing the role that the fulminators used to perform in my old list. So the dragon, obviously, is quite hard to kill, very resilient. He is sort of like my anvil that moves. Um, and then the evocators would be the hammer. So this dragon goes in, pins, pins a unit, and then the evocators will drop from the sky, hopefully in range of the Vexler banner. So nine with a reroll makes them quite reliable. It's not ideal. You know, it's still probably 50-50-ish. Um, the, you know, and the dragon pins them in place. Hopefully then, at that point... If they do fail the charge, then it's not that big a deal because the dragon's going to stay there and like hold them. Um, and then I've got the the pennant if I need to redeploy them or the dragon because it just picks a unit and just teleports it anywhere you like on the table. Um, so I can redeploy the evocators once they're down if I need to. Um, and yeah, and I then included these were initially um, celestial um, ballistas, but um, like a friend suggested when I was talking about it, uh, Martin Moran suggested that shadow warriors provide a much you know, a, a, a sort of like a similar role but different um so obviously it's bodies on the table they're more flexible um, it's consistent shooting um and you know and that pop-up ability again that they because everything they've got on their war scrolls brilliant um and yeah it, like it allows me to be a bit a, a little bit more flexible um i thought um so, so yeah it's uh, overall i think i think it, it could i think it'll be like four out of five wins maybe unless i can run into you're still going to fail four foul of like you know, that always strike first armies, um, and anything with like massive amounts of um, massive amounts of armor saves. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it how it would fare against OBR and stuff because you know they've got really good armor save. The dragons got really good armor save. I'm not sure. Should do really well against OBR because yeah. they don't, particularly with Petrifix being less prevalent. You won't see the command ability for rend um, yeah. because people might move to Mortis Praetorian or another or Static Lords, and yeah. I think. Don't underestimate how good evocators are against OBR. More tech guard, yeah. they just absolutely destroy them. So um... plus the shooting as well, like you know, with the um, you know they're just yeah. constant shooting. You're not re-rolling, um, you know that that save in the shooting phase, are you? Um, especially with the changes to Petroflex. I, I mean, like you said, I, I don't see people taking that going forward. Maybe um, you'd actually be more I think you'll still see it. Yeah, you'll still you'll see it. Crematorium. So I think crematorium is more of a or whatever it's called is more of an issue if you're facing that because then when you things die on a five plus they do a mortal wound and yeah. that's one of the weaknesses i mean the star drake's got no mortal wound protection no mortal wound protection it, yeah, yeah. it never so it even even when i played it before it never really had any mortal wound protection when i used to run the uh i can't remember the the Ignaxus scales yeah. Uh, no, I never used to take Ignax. It was no. um, what was the what was the ramp beast one? The one where it banks his wounds back on an unmodified arm. Oh, the power oh, the plate. Yeah, the 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 shard the fist pal. Yeah, that's it. Shard fist pal. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I figured that out there at the moment. I don't know how it would fare against certain things. I was thinking about like what I would expect to see. You know, Zinch, if they're still about, is going to be a lot of shooting. The minus two to hit on the dragon is going to make it hard. Um, you know, there's not a lot of rend. Um, I, you know, it's and also like I've played the list a lot 
in this semi sort of guise. So I think I'd be okay with it. You've got um, a lot of off-table drops as well. I mean, you, your entire army can go, you Stormcast, every other unit can go off the table. And then you've got two units of Shadow Warriors to add to that, which is yeah. really good. I think the other thing they add is that you're uh, with list you've got multiple sources of very flexible far range specific shooting so you've got rain of stars you've got a yeah. spell that is like rain of stars from what i recall yeah um then you've got a couple units of judicators just solid um yeah. and then adding the shadow warriors to that really makes a big difference because if you can drop them into rain whether they've got the ability to choose something else although you don't have to you get plus one to wound and plus one to hit but um, what that gets around is look out so really nicely. So let's say you've yeah. damaged something. There's something you really need to kill. He's given a buff to a unit or he's a utility piece or whatever. You can do a couple of wounds with this thing. If that doesn't work, try and do a couple of wounds with this thing. That's just yeah. in your hero phase. Shoot him with one unit adjudicators. Okay, one wound left. I'm going to shoot three of the Shadow Warriors at him. Uh, he's dead now. We're good. Um, it, it just allows you to exactly allocate enough wounds without too much, without too little, and and pick apart your opponent's army before you then go in and the evocators are just mega at that. Yeah. They're also they're, they're quite a threat. You've not put a realm down. Did you consider that? Um, no, because obviously with the new realm rules and stuff, um, it, it didn't really make sense. And I, I figured that uh, all of the tools that I need personally, I think, are in the Stormcast book. Um, I mean, I think the list shreds infantry. Like if you've got uh, one of the things that a lot of people forget about with the Stardrake is that whilst Reign of Stars is mostly your go-to, Rolling Thunderhead is also really, really good against it, like must uh, horde infantry because it's like roll a more, roll a dice for each model in the unit and on six it takes a mortal wound. So it's that plus the evocators plus the continual shooting. If And the dragon's quite good at fighting, uh, you know, hordes. Um, did evocators go up or did they stay the same? Because the retributes come the down, didn't they? Retributors come down. I was really tempted yeah. with retributors because, like, they they perform a very similar role. Um, but I think the uh, you know the, I guess the you don't get much for the forty points, do you? No, that's. I mean, I could have took an endless spell. I was tempted. I tried to see whether I could get uh, Emerald Life Swarm because, mm -hmm. again, without the Relictor in the list, the Life Swarm then would heal the dragon because, like, um, you've not got the extra D three heal from the Relictor's healing lightning. Um, I think that's go. the only thing that I would I would. I kind of would want is the relictor because it gives you another way to move a unit around as well, doesn't it? Translocation, yeah. That was the yeah. uh it's it was that or the um the encantor in my opinion. I mean i think the, the games that I need that auto dispel um Yeah, I think the encantor's a better choice. But you'd want yeah, both really. But it's yeah, yeah, if I could hit them all. I want a yeah. I want a Castellan, a Harald or uh, a Vexler. I want six heroes. You, you, know, could drop, I, I, you could drop a unit of Shadow Warriors and have points for it. Five yeah. heroes, isn't it? I think it was cap on. Is it cap six. on five heroes? Oh, six, six heroes. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I could drop it, and that yeah, it's not a bad. Yeah, could do that. I think I I'm think strong. The, um, having two units of Shadow Warriors is is good though. It's a lot it better you, than can, one. you can put one down to cause harassment and keep the other one back. Um, I don't. Do they have to go at the first turn? I, I don't remember no, what the rules. No, are. Completely yeah. yeah. They die to anything in the game. Um, like they die have... to more tech crawlers in combat. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I played um, when I played Lovo, he put them into my more tech crawlers, and but the problem is I had them spread out enough. So as soon as one was free, it could shoot them off the other one. So, but it's. I think I think it just adds flexibility. That was the whole point of it. Is that it's it's twenty bodies that a stormcast army rarely has. Extra. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. It's like double yeah, the so normal yeah. bodies in the Stormcast army. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs>
Um, how how do realms work? Because I'm not familiar with this. What's changed with them? With you, you just get a artifact. So the spells. It depends what realm you're fighting in. Is what you would get access to spell wise. Okay, so, so you randomized. So if you're in beast, you don't get wild form. You would if you were fighting in beast, but not if your yeah. armies from beasts. Okay, it's like That's before, like the the game is played in a realm, and that gives everyone access to the spell and the command ability. Oh yeah, but That's the artifact is the only thing that is dictated on your army list from the realm. So unless you're taking one of those artifacts, you you just don't need to state a realm. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say because wild form goes in that list just so so well. Stormcast benefit from it pretty much than more than any other army in the game because you get plus two to your run and charge and with a herald orbing in most lists what it unlocks for a star drake or for evocators is kind of interesting because you can yeah. run make it a six that was a however many inches and then charge it plus two as well yeah um, with a re-roll if they're in range of the vexler yeah exactly um so which so... um is there any missions that you'd be worried about i mean it's quite a flexible army so i guess not really there, I, I think there's missions that it's better at than others um i think it, it all depends what's in front of you, essentially. Um, I think it would be good in hero missions. I think it, dependent on what you play against. I don't think it wants to play anything with a huge amount of bodies that put out loads of damage. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe like... Don't face the, eels, do you? Eels, uh, yeah, eels are going to make it hard. You'd have to play out your skin. I think the um, Clan Pestilence lists, like Skaven lists with loads of Plague Monks, even with the changes to the plague mix that we saw, um, I still think that they would just get through, even though because you're paying a premium in points for the abilities on your units and the armor save. But when you're having to make that many saves, you're just going to fail, I think. So it's, I think it'd be difficult. It, I think they could, it could compete in most uh, of the scenarios. I think it would just depend on what you're playing. Certain things make it easier than others. I do think they're a little bit behind the curve at the moment, but having the extra points um, allows them to, to do. A, you know, allows it to compete. I think. Okay, that's cool. I really well, like it. Well, I think we're um, we're basically done them with your list, and we can yeah, move I think on. So. Yeah, that's cool. cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll cover off destruction and chaos, or chaos and destruction, whichever way yeah. you fancy your uh, your your apocalypse. Uh, and <laughs> we'll talk about through Byron and Terry's list. So cool. Back in a sec. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break, and uh, we're going to talk about chaos. So I'll hand over to Terry, the expert in all things custy. Yeah, so there's no surprise here that I'm going to talk about Nurgle. Um, I wanted to do something completely different, but enough's changed in the Nurgle book, I think, with the points and so to actually, you know, talk about some, you know, quite useful sort of bits with the with the list and potential upgrades you could do to it. Um, so obviously, the list before was the the three grand clean one Fold build. So obviously, two grand clean ones and Rotigus, uh, thirty plague bearers, ten plague bearers, ten plague bearers, five blight kings. And then the three Ender Spells, Pendulum, uh, Spell Portal, and the Geminids. And it came in at 1980. So obviously with the new uh, points changes, Grand Clean Ones have gone down 20. Plague Bearers have gone down 10. So there's enough room in there to uh, change it up a little bit. 
and potentially put in uh, Horticulus, um, who's obviously going to help with the uh, summoning points throughout the game. Um, but I went with uh, Bellacore just because I painted a really nice one um, while I've been you know, off of uh, tournaments and stuff. So I, I want to get him on the table. And I think he's going to help a lot with some of the lists we're going to be seeing sort of going forward. Um, say like yeah you painted a nice one but he's also so good yeah i mean i painted him <laughs> yeah. for the hobby aspect obviously so. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but i mean the list is still similar in that you've got the three grand clean ones and um the formation and then i've dropped the blight kings out so it's okay. 30 10 10 of the plague bearers um but i've actually slotted in yeah i've actually slotted in nine um untamed beasts um, yeah. Obviously, you get your really pre-game good. move from these, so it should help a little bit with some of the alpha strike um, lists, like things that are obviously a one-drop that are just going to appear in front of you. Um, but obviously, Bellacore can help with this too, because if their whole army revolves around using the bridge or something like that, they've got to you know make that five-up roll, um, which Bellacore can obviously cause them to uh, fail casting and fail moving, and you know every time you want to do an action, you've got to make that five-up. So suddenly, if you're playing something like Nagash, who's going to try and teleport around, or um, uh, the city's army that's going to bridge forward and just try and shoot you a lot, you know, suddenly that battle plan might be out the window if their um, wizard or Nagash is just stood there doing nothing for a turn. And, and because it's until your next hero phase as well, if you go first, get into a good position, they take their it's turn. Got low drops. Yeah, it's uh, four. So you got formation. Four, five. No, it's up. It's up to about five, six now. But I think you're low enough to still not be too worried. And the untamed beasts do give you the pre-move, so you can obviously um, try and block off some area that someone's going to come into. Um, but the, to know the strength of the list is still obviously your tankiness. Um, yeah. With the you can new give away the turn quite easily, can't you as well? Yeah, I mean, with like I was saying with Bellacore, if if you go first and then you reveal Bellacor in their first turn, and you win the turn roll, you can obviously give them the turn, and Bellacor's in effect for another turn. So it lasts until your next hero phase. So you could have two you know, turns where Nagash can't do anything, for example, or you're playing Fire Slayers, and they've got their big block that stood there you know, until turn three. You've probably won the game, because they're never going to get to the, you know, to the objectives at that point. So you've shut them down with Bellacor and you really haven't had to do you know too much no. other than just take just, your first turn and move you just for people who don't know so Bellacor it's before the game you pick a unit is yeah. that right yeah and then when you reveal um him you sort of say oh I'm going to use his ability when do you do that is that in their go uh it's in the start, start I believe it's the start of their uh it might be at any point in the hero phase I'd have to double check that I thought it might just be the start but but if, then every time they want to do something, they have to roll a five plus to a five do it. Five plus, right? yeah. But and that's so move, that's run, like charge, everything. Cast a spell, move, yep. fight. Yeah, so it's effectively you'd have to roll. If you just wanted to move, charge, and fight, you'd have to get three five ups in a row. Yeah. Yeah, which is quite a low chance, obviously. Right, yeah. So anything it doesn't affect is use of command points, basically. Um, yeah, I suppose that's not an action, is it? It'd be in his list of what things are actually affected. I'll double check on and, the command um, point one. He's an ally, right? Yeah, he's I mean. he's obviously allied in. Um, um, fits in nicely. And the just to 
a question as well for people who don't know because I know you've you use Fold a lot, but that's obviously got a lot of different effects that. So maybe you just want to explain what that does and why yeah, so with good and what artifacts you've gone for. Yeah, so with the Fold itself, it's three grand clean ones, and that can be any combination. So you can have three grand clean ones or two and Rotogus, who obviously counts as a great unclean one, which is what I use because Rotogus's spell is amazing and he's actually quite tasty in combat. Um, they're all the same price as well, so I think you would always have Rotogus. Um, so you get reroll ones to hit if the great unclean one is within. Um, 14 inches of another grand clean one and reroll ones to hit and to wound if it's in range of the other two grand clean ones so you can sort of run them around in a little triangle and they'll all buff each other their plague wind ability does d3 mortal wounds um, but if it's in range of another grand clean one within seven it's 2d3 and then again if it's all three of them in range it's 3d3 so that only affects the damage so plague wind obviously does damage and heals nurgle stuff um, but it only ever does d3 heal so you can't get a 3d3 heal running through yourself from a plague wind um which you don't really need once you get the wheel and the great and clean ones innate healing as well so you you can get um 3d3 but obviously not through plague wind um and it combos obviously with the spell portal so plague wind's only got a 14 inch range but with the um portal i believe it's 39 inch range i'd have to double check because obviously you've got mm. the inch gap between you and the the uh first portal then the 18 inch between the next portal plus the 40 mil base of that portal and then the 14 inch line you can draw f- you know from that point so you can you can snipe characters turn one with a plague wind uh through a portal which is obviously what i've done to some great and effect trace back to the great yeah so you pick a point the and then that's... So you can make like a triangle can't you well, yeah, effectively. Uh, and then the point always goes back fr- to the nearest great and clean one point on the great and clean one. So it's in a straight line between him and the point you pick. Um, obviously, you can get it through multiple units and your own units if you need to heal anything. Um, it's it's amazing with the spell portal. I'm glad it's still 70 points because it fits in nicely. Um, Artifact-wise, you've, you've got the Muck Talon, which you have to take because it's part of the Munificent Wanders host which is obviously the new host in the Everchosen book, which gives Nurgle uh, ignore the first point of rend in combat for any Nurgle demons, wow. which is amazing because it effectively makes yeah. your Plague Bear as a four-up save against stuff with rend. Um, and then obviously your Great and Clean ones are a bit more survival, uh, survivable as well. And the command trait that you get is amazing. Um if an enemy unit within 12 of that great and clean one, the general rolls a six to hit, they take a mortal wound back. So I've had demon princes and stuff run in and kill themselves. And I haven't even a- activate. They've piled in twice, you know, done their 16 odd attacks, whatever, and killed themselves by rolling too many sixes to hit, which then frees you up to go and fight something else. Um, again, that combos weirdly with the wither stave. Um, I've had people ask why take them both because obviously the wither stave makes your enemy re-roll sixes to hit. So I'd rather be hit by less sixes and then it's just there as a fail safe if they do happen to get a six through for the second one. And Especially with sixes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, when a Terrorgeist comes in and rolls three sixes to hit and does 18 <laughs> mortal wounds, I'd much rather them re-roll that than take not, three mortals back. Um, 
But yeah, that's been I actually get to go to Grisogor Anonymous Council Group like three oh, times a month. That's why I haven't played Warhammer for so long. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's got nothing to do with the outbreak. It's just Grisogor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we've all been Grisogor, aren't we? I've well, been Grisogor, I haven't because I make them re-roll those sixes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy to take those terror guys to the face. Um, I mean, I, you know, with the Wiverstay, I've had games where Nagash has charged in. He's rolled a six of his big D6 staff, re-rolled, missed. Rolled his sword, bunch of sixes, re-rolled, missed. And then does no damage. You're like, oh, all right. Then didn't you just take him off in a one Then just take him off in a one with a great and clean one, you know? Yeah. Against uh, against OBR and stuff like that as well, it is an absolute joke. Like, there's quite a few armies that really care. Like, all they care about is those, those exploding sixes for whatever yeah. reason. Especially yeah. if you debuff them with minus to hit, because your minus to hit from your plague bearers doesn't doesn't get around exploding sixes, but that does. Yeah, so if they're like spirit hosts and things, they're looking for those sixes to actually do anything, and then they have to re-roll them all and do literally nothing. So they're you know amazing, but obviously in shooting they still do suffer. Like the the great and clean ones do. The plague bearers with the minus two aren't too bothered, but um, you know it's. You don't. I think with these shooting lists that are going to be coming out, obviously Caradron got some points changes. I'm quite looking forward to see what happens with these. But I know having played um, Caradron quite a bit before, when they drop down, if they don't kill the great and clean ones, the game's pretty much over at that point because you're going to kill all of their stuff the following turn. The little two wound bubble men and the but once the boats emptied and all the little bubble men are out there. They're pretty much done because plague bearers mob them quite nicely. Have you uh, played them since they've changed it? Because they've changed significantly in the terms yeah. of the way they drop and deploy, and they shoot from the boats and they fly high. Yeah, um, so I have good, only a few times at the the sort of the last a few events. When when was the change? Oh no, maybe I haven't played them in a tournament yet. Was it January? The change it was quite recent. So it was yeah. when the Zinch came out. So I don't, I haven't had a chance to play against them yet. So the the way that they fly high now and they can fire from yeah. the boats and stuff, so they're very different to the old clown car list. Yeah, very it'd be quite nice if they do fire from you. the boat because you can get thirty plague bearers around a boat quite happily, can't you? And then kill the boat with all the mortal wound output, and then flies high. Then, well, if it didn't die, if it dies, yeah, everything has to deploy in that little hole, doesn't it? <laughs> or it's dead. Yeah, so it's yeah. not going to be much fitting in that hole. Um, I think one of the things worth noting about the list, uh, which you kind of touched on there, it is way faster than anyone thinks, right? Yeah, great and clean one yeah. to move 16. Just Why not? So then move 5 plus the wheel for 7, plus the bell for 10, plus your run, 16. And you can obviously charge because you've got the trees. So you can effectively get a you know a 28-inch charge off turn 1, which I did at um, Chris's event back in March, the last event where I, got, I charged a... Um, catapult an obr catapult turn one at the back of the board <laughs> with ragas <laughs> i was like you what but yeah 20 inch charge mate i'm in so they're obviously the fastest chaos faction though aren't they so um yeah there's some slanesh units that are a bit quicker but not not that much quicker though to be fair because a lot of it doesn't have run and charge where obviously all nurgle has run and charge if there's a tree nearby yeah because that's what i think of when i think of nurgle like it's fast as slanesh Gardening and being in the odd opponent's deployment zone, time one. Yeah. It's what you've got to remember. It's like a jolly jaunt across the table. And it's very yeah, okay. To get through the garden. You say yeah. I, was, I just had this um, moment when you were talking about the demon keyword in Munificent Wanderers about Pascoil Blight Lords, and I'm, I'm 
want to go and write a list. Well, yeah, because the, the drone is a demon, so yeah, the Puscoils yeah. do benefit from mm-hmm. it, but the the Blight Kings on the ground don't, unfortunately. But... Yeah, you just take Blade Bearers for your core, don't you? And yeah, you take those in the cyst with great and clean ones, so you get the run and charge with the bell, and then you've got the the bodies, and then you've got Puscoils that are ignore rend and bounce wounds back. Yeah, I'm all yeah. over it. How does the move work on the Strange Beastie unit? Is it like 2d6 or 1d6 or a normal move? Or... How does what work, sorry? The pre game move. Untamed Beasts. Uh, they just get it's just a normal move. Cool. That's I, I had it in my slaves list. I had two units of them. I thought they were really, really good. Yeah, so yeah, the other option was uh, Gutter Runners. Um, or you can take uh, Ungor Raiders because you can obviously ally Beastmen in as well. So Ungor Raiders are another option because they get a similar thing. Are they a D6, so are they a random distance? Um, I'll yeah, have to double double check on that one. The Ungors yeah, are a normal move, um, but the D6 ones are, are really worrying to play with, which is why I asked. <laughs> it's so much better. It's so much one. Better. One, great. Cool. Yeah. Would you get to add the free for the bell, though? Oh, they're not Nurgle. They're not Nurgle. Um, <laughs> and there's no, there's no way you can uh, get Nurgle anything, is there? Because Ungor Raiders, could, you can mark Beastmen with keywords but i believe it's only in the formation yeah so you can't even get nurgle ungle raiders if you could that'd be amazing um but it's a really strong list i reckon it's one of the best team uh team event lists in the game what that nurgle list yeah if you can have the spell portal i think it's just one of the best lists because like you you've it it was good before and then you've got Points drops, Bellacore, and Munificent Wanderers from the Wrath of Ever Chosen and Slaves book, which is all recent editions. Yeah. Plus the protection from Alpha Strikes with the Untamed Beasts. Yeah. But you've still got the bodies, you've still got the Frostfold, and you've gained all this extra utility. And everyone else has lost um, um, Realm Artifacts as well. And obviously, Nurgle has amazing artifacts. So. That's so essentially what you've done is all your Plague Bearers have got, all your demons have got tankier. You've got a mortal wound to reflect to help with the damage output. You've got a piece that now shuts down a key piece of their army, and you've got protection from Alpha Strike. Yeah. So basically, it's, it's the same list with all those benefits rolled into it. Yeah. It's the, like top tier, in there, right? Isn't it? It's top tier. I think. Yeah, like, I yeah. think so. I think yeah, it's one of the strongest it, lists in the it'd game. It'd be interesting to see how it how it works once we get back into events. Um, it still has some weird um, one drop bad matchups that can just gun the great and clean ones off. Um, once they are all dead, you know, you, you do lose all your damage. Um, but, you know, if they do spend all that time shooting the great and clean ones, and then they've you've still got That's your Plague Bearers left, you might actually be able to tank the game out just on Plague Bearers if you get on the objectives. In some of the scenarios, you're going to struggle. Um, the Scorched Earth of eight objectives was hard before. That you, you spend over a thousand points on your three great and clean ones, and now you put Bellacor in as well. Plus your endless spells, you, you're already at like thirteen, fourteen hundred points before you've got your your battle line down. Um, another option with the list is that I've seen people floating around is take um, the three grand clean ones in the formation with the spell portal, and then take ninety plague bearers. So you just take th- three units of thirty, and that fits in two thousand points. You don't have the yeah. flexible stuff of you know. Um, Bellacore, but you do have 90 Plague Bearers, which is no yeah. small uh, shift. A problem with the 30s is they are they do get bogged down quite easily. you just got to tag them with yeah. one 
you know, one eel unit on the corner and that 30 is not going anywhere. And if you're, you can block yourself in and then you're stuck if, you know, cause your plague bearers aren't really going to have anywhere to move. And they're, they're just sort of, you know, pinning your own stuff behind them. So I do like the tens. Um, it's, but- I, th- I think out of the two lists, I think the one with Bellacore is like, I think infinitely better. Oh yeah. Um, it, will, it will be better. Yeah, I was thinking then about like even if you played Lumineph, you're like, well, Teclas can shut down stuff, but it's just like you can really you then mitigate the damage that Teclas does by stopping him with Bellacore. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, if he I mean, yeah, Teclas is gonna probably dispel your um, you know, either the the portal or the vortex. Um Yeah, you know, I mean Nurgle stuff it, it does magic because it only yeah. has plus one to cast from the two grand clean ones when they use the dagger, which is why I've put it on both of them. And I haven't taken the flail. Um, There's no extra way to get any other casting. So you're pretty much everything's on sixes and sevens. So it's always been the the challenge with Nurgle is that it's seven to cast. And it's like, "Mm, that's not that reliable. Yeah. Uh, And the spells are so good. You're like, oh, I really need that spell. Because I always found that when I was running Nurgle, if you have a bad magic phase, it has a massive impact on your turn. Yeah. I think that list is great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I've been playing it to death now for a year. Now it just got better, so I'm quite happy to, um, you know, get it back on the table. And everything's painted already. It's all sat there, ready to go. Um, cool. All right. Do you well, do the um, end beast. Oh yeah, I've got to do the end yeah. beast, or I just yeah, I put another endless spell. Don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. so I think what we'll do is we'll um, that'll wrap up your list, and we'll go into destruction. So Byron, you've written a destruction list. Yeah, I have. Um, so <laughs> I was laughing at a few things earlier in the recording, you saying that you didn't want to have too many units and too many attacks and stuff like that, and it's something you try and avoid. And uh, that is very similar to the approach I've taken. So uh, I put 90 skeletons in my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've basically I've taken a, a list I, I do think could compete. I don't think it is incredibly strong it would be incredibly fun and it would be very intimidating for people to play against there's also a massive amount of flexibility in terms of you can change a battalion and keep the list the same if you want a different rule you can change a battalion and take the same unit multiple times stuff like that i'll go through it as i go but from top to bottom uh it is gorjak the fist of gork who is still incredibly expensive but he's also pretty hitty and he's cool because he's on a cabbage um, a mega boss on War Crusher, uh, who'd be the general, and um, he's got the Sun Blessed Armor. I'm in Iron Sun, so that's non optional, but it's a good artifact. Uh, it decreases the rend of enemies by one, which is just super useful. I allied in a Fungoid Cave Shaman because he's cheap, and he come, he's there because of Suffocating Gravetide, which I'll explain in a little bit. I've got the Iron Fist formation, which is really, really flexible. Uh, you can take Gorgrunters, Brutes, or Ard Boys, and it's three to five units. So basically, this list as it stands is the three heroes and one unit for four drops, but you could easily drop stuff out to get it down to three. I don't think that makes it any worse. It may indeed make it better. Um, so it's very compact, uh, both in terms of models, space on the table, stuff like that. But uh, the big idea about this is it it just goes mental turn one and then you cross your fingers for the rest of the game, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So if people aren't familiar, uh, Gordrak's command ability, uh, unlike the normal uh, Megaboss and more Crusher, the normal Cabbage, um, he can pick three destruction units. So it's not limited to Iron Jaws. Um, 
that uh, I mean that doesn't particularly matter in this list, but it does have some interesting implications if you want to swap things for a rogue idol, for example, um, or you wanted to ally in some strange units like you could put in some troggers or something like that. It's any disruption, which is really cool, and it's also very unrestricted in terms of range. And uh, the idea is, turn one, you make three units plus one to hit, which is probably both cabbages and the unit of six gore grunters. So my battle line is uh, six gore grunters, ten auric brutes. That's a big, that's a heavy hitting unit, and then five auric brutes. Uh, the main reason for this list, including them, is I have fifteen painted already, actually. But I think you could you could swap brutes out for hard boys, or you could take all pigs. It's it, it really doesn't matter. They're Basically, I'd be powering up one unit, and that needs to be pigs because it's faster. And past that point, I don't particularly mind, and it's just down to personal preference, really. Um, so you give plus one to hit to the pigs, plus one to hit to Gordrak, plus one to hit to the Mega Boss on War Crusher, and then you smash those across the table as fast as possible and try and hit as hard as possible turn one. You probably, while turn one, it's, it's basically all your eggs are in the one basket, which is you want to have less drops than your opponent, you want to go first and you want to put them on the back foot and then do your best at that point. But um I played with I played with a few low drop monster heavy armies recently and I just really enjoy they make everything enjoyable. I think Iron Jaws is a really good army for not having too much of anything to do in one phase, but all of your phases being important. So uh, your magic phase, this has only got a very little one, but it's um, it's quite important. And your your heroes, command abilities, and stuff like that. Your target priority is really important, and your your yeah, it's, it really matters where things are on the table because you've not got many units, <clears throat> and they're not hugely resilient, so they need to be killing the things that would kill them before you start losing the the battle of attrition. Um, it does hit like an absolute ton of bricks, though. Um, so. I mean that's basically it's quite it's quite a compact list. Uh very few models. What you've got, you've got 15, 21, it's 24 models. <laughs> and still <laughs> still a normal amount of wounds though. Um like it's got a lot, it's got a lot going for it. It's 90 wounds and quite a lot of them are heavily armored. You also get uh minus just, just for my benefit, um, because obviously the points I've got on here are the are the unupdated points, so it looks like yeah. it's overpointed. How much does it actually come in at? Okay, so your brutes go down by 10 points each. Okay, so you've lost, there's 30 points off, so it's 90-90, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, they've gone down a little. What's happened in the uh, the book is loads of things gone up by 10 points, loads of things have gone down, and you'll find that maybe slightly annoyingly, if you were taking a lot of hard boys or something like that, you'll end up 10 points over, but there's normally a way to kind of jiggle stuff around yeah. until you're happy with it. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the list. Uh, anything that can't put up a screen uh, is really going to suffer against it. Anything that does put up a screen or deploys off table, I think that's where you're going to have um, you're going to have difficulties because it doesn't. Uh, you've got fly, but it's on something with an absolutely huge base, and the more crushers you can use your destruction command ability to let them move. Um, and also, I'll explain how the the idea of suffocating grave tide works. Um, in the Iron Jaws uh, core rules, um, if any unit takes damage in a phase and they are more than nine inches away from your opponent, you can make a D6 move with it. So that includes your own magic phase. So the idea is, if you really, really want to get not only in someone's face, but around their flanks or something like that, start the game, you can put um, a cabbage, a cabbage, and the pigs, uh, just tap them with Suffocating Gravetide. Obviously, you have to get the spell off, but 
that's a risk running to take, and it's only a 20-point spell. Tap them, suffocate, and grave tide. They all get a d6 move, and then your formation, someone gets to make a normal move. Your command ability, someone gets to make a normal move. And the like, just the vanilla move on those models, they're moving 9, 10, 12 inches yeah. anyway. So you can very easily be the pigs just get to be 18 inches up the table anyway because the formation and your cabbages can be 20 inches up the table. And all of those adding a d6 to them makes them it makes them pretty effective. Yes, um, um, I, I played against a guy who used the teleport spell that they've got and he would um, damage them with the an endless spell and then teleport them nine inches away and then they get their d6 move. So oh, you can choose to do it in that order? Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> that. That, that just got better. I think I... Uh, <laughs> you need to take a weird knob for that. And weird knob shaming for it. So my, my, the, the Iron Jaws list I was writing was Iron Sons, and it was revolving around that trick with Ard Boys because they get plus two to charge as well. Mm-hmm. So, so auto in, essentially. <laughs> but you can also much. teleport the Moor Crusher outside of 12, and then you can use the command ability to move. So then you can move within three and then charge. So there's loads of shenanigans you can do. And Iron Sons have a ability where if they can counter charge with a command point, I believe the command ability. So you can basically spend a point to charge. Yeah, at the end of your opponent's charge phase, um, if something is out of charge, you can make a charge. Um, that's super flexible, though. So I mean, straight up at that point, you would probably change to a weird knob shaman, which rather than uh, you'd have to do some jiggling with points. Uh, but yeah. you could squeeze him in there. You'd be ten points over. So just some changing around of your core could change that. But or the you... fungoid's good because he gives you a command point on a four. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty so crazy. it's yeah. like, I mean, the list I had in, I think it had a, um, it didn't have god Goddrak. It had a um, idol in it, and it had a wardock and a weird knob. But it's essentially yeah. very similar. So yeah. it's it's a really difficult decision where to go with your drops for this list. I don't know what you guys think, but like, there's a Three and three or less, I feel far safer than four or less. Yeah, um, yeah. which is it's just kind of a, a toss up at that point. What you want to do? You can have bigger core units, but I wanted to have a a monster heavy list. Um, you can quite easily. So I took it with the Iron Fist formation. Um, the other one is called Gore Fist. Gore Fist, and you go pig heavy, which is quite fun anyway. Um, you save 30 points, so that opens up quite a lot. Um, are there other ways to get a pre-game move, don't they? They all get a pre-game move. So the formation I've gone with, you pick one of the heroes of the three three to five units, he Mm. gets two more wounds, and then from him, in your hero phase for free, you don't spend a point or anything, you can make a normal move with any of the three units. The Gore Fist, uh, at the start of the game, uh, all three to five units of pigs get to make a normal move. So that one's kind of everything goes up. And then the other one is a bit more flexible and you can use throughout the game, which I think my list doesn't make the most of because um, let's say I choose the champion of the pigs. Uh, I mean, I could choose the champion of the brutes because it might be useful, but um, you might end up separating yourself from the units you want to move anyway, just by definition, because you're going to send one unit off twice the speed of the others, uh, particularly if it's if it's a mounted unit. Um, and in with the mount traits, you get one for formation and one for just having an army don't you yeah yeah so they've both got mount trains is it correct that your special character can have a mount trait because scroll builder allowed me to yeah i think so cool okay, it's not an artifact or a command trait so yeah that's kind of cool i really like that uh, i was excited when i saw it um so the ones i've gone for 
are Heavian, which is you add one to your destructive bulk rolls. So when you roll those dice, um, you're not rolling one more dice. Um, you are one sixth more likely to, to get a more wound through when you charge into something, which is just cool. And then the Loudon, I think that's once per game uh, for one combat phase, you kind of pop this ability and any unit, any models within three inches of this model are minus one to hit. Um, and the idea is on that first turn, when you do get in and you're at plus one to your armor save, um, you, you're also kind of being debuffed. So your eggs are in the first turn basket, but it's kind of got legs for the rest of the game, but you're really, you're all, you're going to be at your opponent's mercy if they are very flexible. Um, so screens are probably the biggest issue that I think it would face. I mean, it is unusual. I think the, like, I think Meenan's quite a good mount trait as well, if I remember correctly, but I can't remember what it does. Um, but it's it's an unusual list because obviously you've got double um, cabbage and one of them is Godrak. So it's it's kind of, I think it'd look really cool. Um, yeah. It's uh, one of those armies. Yeah. Meenan is at one to the damage characteristics of this model's mighty fists and tail. Uh, heavy is one to destructive bulk rolls. They're all really good, actually. Loudon mm. is subtract hit rolls, and there's one for a four-up uh, bouncing of spells. And then there's, I mean, it's, I didn't take Fasten because I just always take things that have to do with movement, and I try to be slightly different, even though I've written a first-term RAL list, which is not <laughs> anything I ever yeah, do. Yeah. It's two, inches, two inches extra move on a more Crusher is... They're not the fastest of dragons, so that's that's really, really good too. And the entire idea of the list is you turn one, you pop Godrak's ability, you buff three units of plus one to hit, they get into combat, and then once you're there, you've done enough damage that you don't need that anyway um, to completely flip the list on its head rather than going with Iron Jaws. You can make it Big War, and what that adds is Big War gets better and better as the turn goes on. You get points for having units in combat, you get six points flat for having Gordrak as your general anyway, and you build up a, a tally table, and at each point you get, like, at 12 points you get plus one to hit, you get a six-up ward, which is not unuseful at all, you get plus one to wound, so as the game goes on and your units get smaller, they should remain more effective, and rather than spending Gordrak's command points to buff these three units, everyone in your army is going to have it for free anyway, so you can spend your command points at that point on stuff like Reroll ones to hit or to wound and make things really, really, really reliable. Because if you swap Godrak down to a normal more Crusher, you could have you could then put in a War Chanter. And yeah. if you went Big War, it's probably better. Like yeah. if you're going Big War to put the War Chanter in, because he gives yeah. you um, two points. It's just such a good ability. It's like for eighty points, is they're just nuts. Yeah, I think you give you plus one damage, don't you, on all the attacks? Oh, yeah. it's crazy. So the biggest reason to take him, uh, if I did take him, I would go. Gore fist, and I'd have one unit of nine pigs, and they would be they would be dialed up to eleven to a million in terms of damage potential. Be the so, spinal tap Iron Jaw yeah. army. Oh god! They, well, it's just that one unit. Nine pigs is a massive amount of attacks. They'd be hitting on um, hitting on twos and threes. There's actually a plus one to wound spell um, if you did take yeah. a, a big war wizard as well. Sorry, big war a Iron Jaws wizard. Um, so you could be sending guys in there that are. Twos to hit, twos to wound. You you have command points coming out your ass with this list as well. Um, the command trait you have to take in Iron Sons is plus one command point. If you had a fungoid shaveman, he gets one on a four plus anyway. You've got one for a battalion and you start with one. And so, there's an artifact as well that you can take, which is a staff, which gives you an art it gives you a um command point on a four up you put on a weird knob. 
Yeah, because then you've got a formation. You've only got one artifact in your list, haven't you? Because uh, you can't give one to the fungoid shaman, yeah. and you yeah, can't give one to um, if you had a normal more crusher, you could have had that, or you could, with the points you've dropped in a, you know, with some jiggling around, maybe you could put in a weird knob and then give him the staff, so you get two chances on a four up to get a command point, one from the fungoid, one from the, um, one from the weird knob, and then the weird knob could take the teleport spell that gives you a chance on turn one to drop the more crusher outside of, t- um, nine inches outside of twelve, and then you could spend the command point to move, get within three, and get like a, a, a charge. Um, yeah. So there's loads of there's loads of options. That's why I really like the Iron Jaws now. There's right tight tweaks. Yeah. The the real difficulty for me with it is the you counter the weaknesses that this army inherently has by you can either take a very large unit of our boys and then you've got a screen yourself, but it, it really changes the dynamic of how you would be in the early turns. But if you have the really cool things to add that make you more damaging, more reliable. Um, get more command points, whatever it is, uh, they raise your drops. And I yeah. think this list is far more effective. At, it's far more effective at doing what it does at three or less, but it's far yeah. more well-rounded at four or less. But there is a huge difference uh, between either of those. I don't know which direction you'd go in. The piggy formation and the points it saves you also is a really, I think it's a really strong consideration because mm. they all get a move. Um, I'd probably go for like a nine and a three and a three, um, piggy formation plus, plus war chunter is a very, very scary prospect for people. Yeah, it's a bit like the um, the agony of the choice of do you go for a big unit that's easier to buff but then has Battleshock issues, or do you go MSU and just run them in minimal size units because the formation's flexible enough to have up to five units anyway, yeah. and I then mean, you don't lose any drops. So it's like there's loads of, loads of things like, like do you take 10 brutes or do you take two fives? If you take 10, then, yeah, it's one buff. But then, if you take far two fives, you can be in two places at once. So yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of these nuanced little choices. But I think for me, I would just go more drops, more flexibility, and more um, options than so you'd be less like drops. Five, than... five drops with a shaman and a war chanter, for example. Yeah, yeah, because I just think that you, you can, unless you're in a one drop, you cannot guarantee that you're not playing someone who's also got a low drop army. Yeah. And I think that you, I think the the amount of times that that will matter is a lot less than the benefit you get over a tournament. But it's only my preference. I mean, yeah. I don't tend to play low drop armies anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the, yeah, I think it's it's just down to the player, isn't it? And I think sometimes the drop is really important because it's the scenario dictates it. But because the army's not particularly survivable, it's a bit of a glass yeah. cannon. Um, you kind of have to have that choice, but then I think inherently comes a little bit weaker by having the choice. Yeah. It's not anything available in the book to delete screens, really, is there? Apart from no. impact hits, basically. Destructive bulking them and getting left yeah. That's another yeah. reason to go for the nine pigs. So pigs get a four plus mortal wound on the charge, and then you've got your two destructive bolts as well. So you do have... Uh, you do have a chance to wipe stuff out. And obviously, if you can start that cascade in Iron Jaws, there's definitely a benefit to wiping stuff out, whether it's with your charges or in the combat phase for their special ability. Um, you get to immediately go... If you, wipe, uh, if you wipe out a unit in the combat phase with one unit, you get to immediately go with a unit, um, another unit, not the same one. You can't go twice for free. That would be ridiculous. But you can go with another unit, and there, it's unrestricted. It's just, if you did this, you can do that. 
and it's not like another unit within three or another unit fighting the same unit you are or anything and like again, that. Again, that's encouraging you to take bigger units because then you're more likely to wipe things out, but then your exactly. battle shock becomes sort of about the yeah. battle shock. Yeah, when that cascade goes though, it's like when that works, it's a bit, it's a oh, bit it's... sort of like dramatic to be on the receiving end of. You're like, oh, wow. like it's just like dead, 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 and the next thing you know, there's nothing left in your army. You do have yeah. the, you do have the breath weapon from the from the dragons, um, which isn't actually too bad. Um, so between, I've never seen it hit in a game. <laughs> Every game I've played against one, it's never hit. I'm just like, you got two chances in this one. Um, yeah. And, Gordrax is slightly better, but between Breath Weapon, Breath Weapon, and then um, three sources of impact hits, that's you're basically fairly heavily reliant on that. But if someone's screening with something that isn't 20 Plague Bearers or something resilient, if they just put 10 dudes in the way, you're basically getting those for free. Um, and then you just have to pick to do things in the right order to allow you to, um, to charge again if you do wipe out something with Destructive Bulk. So you could do Piggies and then Cabbage to take the last wound off. He gets to charge again. He gets destructive bolt again and your piggies can pile in and then i'd give them the two inch reach option for that for that reason so once you piled in effectively if someone was four inches behind their screen you still get to touch them with your piling plus two inch reach. the war clan book really appeals to me for all the movement shenanigans and things oh, you can do with it and and it's a combat army and it's it's but it's it's an army that has those nuances and it reminds me when you used to play in like seventh edition you used to you used to set up the overruns into units to fight with the other unit with the the new the chariots that just dissolved that thing have now overran into the side then you fight that one you double up on the impact hits it's got that kind of feel to it that if you if like the matrix aligned and you set it up and you got a bit lucky you could literally just just cascade through half their army without them even getting to roll a dice which a sick part of me would love to set that up you know there's going to be that perfect storm time in 20 games yeah and you just then that'll be your like that'll be like that'll have such a good sense of achievement that you've yeah. set that up and played for it. So it's, it's definitely an army I want to have on my on the table as soon as yeah, gaming yeah. gets back. So I think I'm gonna I need now that the the changes and everything's in. I'm gonna go back to the drawing board because I have to rewrite my list anyway, and then come up with my um my quintessential iron jaw army that I'll I'll probably take out at some point to see how it plays. Do you think suffocating grave tide is the best way to trigger that move? Yeah. Mm, maybe I don't. I don't know. I think there's better choices. I mean, like uh, dam terrain is obviously the best choice because you yes. get a benefit as well. But you know, it's, <laughs> I think burning head gives you something as well. You can do it with that, but I think it gives you reroll ones to wound as well. So if you're, but I think you have to be near it when you fight. I can't remember, but you would do yeah. it rather than big war as a final question. Mm. Oh, I like Iron Jaws and Iron Sun, so that's where I was. That's where I landed up for the starters. So, but Big yes. Wild did have its appeal as well. But I think for me, it was uh, I just like the Iron Suns. It was my that was what I ended up with for my first draft. So, I mean, it all changes as it hits the hits the wild, and you play with it, and you realise that it's better to do this and tweak and that. But yeah. what I like about that book is that you can endlessly tweak that list. With different formation, different core setups, different character setups, diff- big war or iron jaws, or you know, endless spell choice, and and you're never really going to end up run out of options. And there are nuances to a list that does the same thing, but there's that gives you enough choice to uh, mix things up a bit. I think so. 
Yeah, I'll be playing with it in two days' time, so I will report back oh, on that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Right, I think that covers that list, and uh, that will wrap up the show. Um, so thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to our tournament lists um, for and first impressions of the General's Handbook. And don't worry, you won't see me with 90 skeletons on the table. It was more of a exercise <laughs> in... Um, <laughs> in in a what if than uh than there will be so but if someone wants to take that list out i'd be really interested to see how it how it plays yes. out um we will publish all the lists on the blog post and obviously you're, if you're watching on youtube you can see the lists up as well obviously they're made with scroll builder out of date so the points are slightly out but if you use the new points they'll be accurate and i'm sure scroll builder will be updated shortly We'll also put links to bundles on elements. So if you wanted to buy one of these armies, you can just click through the bundle, put it all in your basket, and then um, you can get it all painted up, ready for tournaments back in the end tail end of the year and start smashing some face with it. So, uh, uh, and we'd love to hear if you do that, we'd love to hear from you and your journey and how you found it. And then what difference, what you found playing with it and what you would tweak. And if you want any advice, feel free to let us know. So yeah, so when when you buy your Nurgle army, because we've all said it's the most one of the most competitive armies in the game, let us know what you do with it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.